Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Last year, nearly 107,000 marriages ended in divorce, with half of those in the first 10 years. Does this suggest that the shock of parenthood is to blame? I spend my days teaching antenatal classes. The expectant mums in the bump class expect us to talk about labour, caring for their babies and how to breastfeed. But what they don't expect is marriage guidance. I'm adamant that the greatest gift you can give your baby is to take the time and energy to nurture your marriage or relationship. While having a child is certainly a good reason to stay together with your spouse, your child will not be the glue that actually holds your relationship together. But as many of you know, this is easier said than done. So I'm delighted that today I'm joined by a couple therapist, Joe Harrison, who sees the struggles that couples go through on a daily basis. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes, I think you're absolutely right that that is the greatest gift that you can give your children. And we know from research that, you know, looking after your couple relationship has outcomes, good outcomes for children across their lifespans. So you know, that's where I work. I work at Tavistock Relationships, where I work in the general counselling service. And we, you know, we really believe that working with the couples helps the family. Um, and I also work at Family Law and Partnership, uh, which is a divorce law firm, where, I, you know, I'm seeing it on the other side. I'm seeing the couples whose relationships haven't worked, but we're, you know, working with them to support them through their divorce and think about how they're going to co-parent together and how they're going to because these I mean having problems in your your marriage or your relationship whether or not you're married I just want to say for clarification purposes Mm. we're sort of talking about the relationship between parents as opposed to whether or not you're married yeah but it's really common I think especially when you have children to suddenly hit a stumbling block in your relationship yeah I mean I you know I don't think that having children is always the cause of relationship breakdown but it it adds to the pressure and it's often a big piece and it's you know I see in my work at Tavistock Relationships, I see so many couples who are coming in at this stage of life, um, finding that the pressures of parenthood are just are just sort of tipping them over, really, and exposing the difficulties that they've had that may have been manageable, but actually then putting that pressure on that means that they that they feel that they have to seek help, um, that they are getting stuck with arguments, and that they do need they really need someone to help them with that I mean and and if you think about I mean we're both parents ourselves and I think as as a parent you understand that life becomes tough when you have a baby I mean it's really rewarding at the same time um you sort of you've never experienced love like it but every day is difficult and I think people never anticipate that in spite of what they're told no and they can't anticipate it and you know I, I think it is the hardest one of the hardest things that happens to us all and 
possibly know, even more so nowadays because we're actually much more isolated within communities. Yeah, well, I think there's that. You know, I see a lot of couples who, you know, one of the reasons that they're struggling is that they're not, you know, they're alone. They're in, you know, I work in London. They're alone in London. Their families often aren't even in the same country as them and they're they're feeling alone with it. Um and, and it throws up a lot. You know, you can't anticipate it because you can't know what's going to get stirred up. You know, one of the things that happens when you have a child is that, that you sort of remember what it was like to be a child yourself in a different kind of way. And you, you know, it can stir up old things, old unresolved feelings, you know, and you can become, it can be quite an emotional, you know, and that's alongside the fact that you're absolutely exhausted, that you've you know that you don't have any time anymore and that you're riddled with hormones as well yeah I mean that and and also that your life is in a huge phase of adjustment you know something is going to change in your your daily life you know however you do it and people are doing it all different ways and whatever works frankly but but someone's sort of daily life or perhaps both of you you know the roles are changing and and that's a huge thing to have to to cope with and I think takes years you know I think this this children business is a work in progress because you kind of think you have one child and you think oh my god this is a shock and then very often two years later you've got another one so you're adjusting Mm. to sort of and it's Mm. more than double having having your second child and subsequent children it it, I think the adjustment is is a really good way of describing it it's it's a shock it's a real shock and you don't know which bit of you it's going to shock in a way you know there is a shock factor and you can't predict the bit that it's of you that it's going to get to um and and so you're grappling with that whilst at the same time grappling with these huge and practical realities of daily life which take over yeah and realizing that you've got this other job that it's it's I mean someone said to me you know do you think do you think it's like having a full-time job I'm like what do you mean full-time job it's like having two full-time jobs the whole time and you know usually as as a couple if you go to work you go to work and then you come home and you have me time and you can do things at your own pace and you can have weekends that mean that you can spoil yourself and spend time together and suddenly as a parent that all changes you know you often come home from work at seven and there's a cranky mother and an even crankier baby and you would sort of thrust this screaming little ball of fury and you think well actually I've had a full-on day at work and I get that that's really tough everyone's had a full-on day at work yeah and and I think that's true and I think the only the only comforting thing I can say about that is that pretty much every couple that I work with you know presents some version of that moment where you know, one person is feeling that they're struggling more with this that day. You know, one p- person feels you may have had a hard day, but I've had a really, really hard day. Um, and if you think about it in a sort of in a situation where, you know, a quite standard setup where one person has carried on with their job and the other person has perhaps changed their job or reduced it. You know, that person is in a huge adjustment. Their life has changed more than the other person's and they're you know they're still grappling with that and still working that out I think those handover moments are really really hard and one of the the things that I often do this is when you're handing over the baby well yeah the sort of hand it's the the threat when the threshold gets crossed when one person comes into the other person's zone and when you know say it's the mum is is absolutely on her knees and handing saying please can you just take over let it you know regardless of knowing how 
her partner's day has been. Um, and, you know, I want all couples to know that that's really normal. And actually, we spend a bit of time in therapy thinking about that, thinking about how, uh, you know, how hard it is to get into the other person's shoes and, um, at those moments. But when you have a little bit of space to do that, then that can ease some of those tensions. That understanding. Yeah. I think at the heart of it is is communication. You know, it, it strikes me that communicating is one of the most important things we as humans do. I mean, we do it on such a sophisticated level compared to every other animal. And sometimes or often when you have children, the communication, it sort of stops or at least the communication you're having is on a much smaller level than usual. And that's where problems begin you know you feel, don't feel understood you yeah. don't feel yeah that um, the person you that love and have chosen to spend the rest of your life with is a part of your life yeah I mean there there are real realities about how how hard it is to sit down and have a chat because by the time it's the end of the day you're so exhausted and grumpy particularly in those first years that you know you don't want to have a chat but it is you know keeping that communication is important that you know every couple needs to know that that it's okay to have arguments. In fact, an argument is a sign that, you know, something that needs attention is getting attention. But it's sort of how we recover from those. And one of the ways of recovering is to is to have moments to reflect on it, to process it, to be able to to try and bear to listen to the other person, to give them a chance to feel that they're heard. And that's all well and good, but that is very difficult um, to do. Um, you know, and sometimes you know that's when that's that that's a sign that you do need to get a professional help to help with that it's really reassuring actually to hear that arguments are a good thing to have but it kind of makes sense you know having an argument is exhausting and if you yeah. no longer cared then you wouldn't bother getting into the argument no and it brings things you know it puts them on the agenda you know not talking about things not putting them on the agenda is is a bit disastrous really in my view but you know it's not easy and you know the thing about having children is that you know you may before you have children you you know you realize that you're two different people but it might it might be manageable in a different way when you have a child suddenly those differences are key whether they're you know from the minute someone's pregnant in the relationship there's a key difference um but you realize that you start to feel very differently about things you have different you might have different ideas about parenting that relate to your own upbringing and suddenly you kind of passionately feel differently about things and ha and also you don't necessarily have time you know you might feel differently about you know what to do when the baby's crying but you've got to make a decision you haven't got the luxury of a weekend to to resolve this one you've yeah, got to decide or let's it think about it next week urgently. exactly and and the other thing to say about this, in the classic, you know, the couples that come in say, we're arguing about everything. It's got to the point where, you know, who does the washing up or, you know, who slept longer? You know, the little things in life, we're arguing about those. We're not even arguing about the big things anymore. But the point is, those little things represent the fact that communication has broken down. Mm. Um, that when everything spills into who's loaded the dishwasher, um, or, you you know, were saying everyone has the dishwasher argument at some stage. Yeah, everyone has an <laughs> argument about the dishwasher at some point. It, it's That's symptomatic. It's that sort of, you know, it spills over into everything. 
Um, and who's going to do the nappy? You know, that can that can evoke such strong, strong feelings about who's about, you know, power within the relationship, which different who's doing what role. Respect. Yeah. Resentment that the other person is having an easier time. I mean, parents can feel very competitive about who's the parents are very good at sniffing out who's getting a better deal here. Mm. Um, and that, you know, that's something about well how difficult it is at this time in life when you're longing to be cared for really and actually all you're doing is caring yeah and it's very difficult to feel generous to the other person yeah um it sort of like feels a bit like you're on the front line and life is is really tough it's survival mode actually and obviously i mean you mentioned that arguing on the one hand is a good sign that that you sort of care enough but it does also have a sort of a lot of arguing especially presumably when it gets to the stage that you were just talking about where it literally creeps into every aspect of life and you're arguing about everything yeah i think you know and that's that's a good time to get help and people come and say you know we're stuck actually we realize we're having the same argument again and again and again and even if it's just for the sake of the children because I think a lot of people think oh we've only got a baby they're unaware of what we're talking about but they do it does impact them the sort of the vibe impacts them doesn't it yeah absolutely they've shown that you know babies' heartbeats go up um, when they're asleep and their parents are arguing in, really in when the they're asleep you know you know that that couple conflict has huge impacts on children. Um, and, uh, and, you know, people say, well, we argue when they go to bed. And, and actually, it's really hard. You know, when are you supposed to argue? When are you supposed to resolve these things? We're sitting down together, finding you've got to deal with something dif- difficult. You know, it, it, there's a reality to that. But, um, you know, we have to bear that in mind. I mean, you know, there's something, you know, children need to learn that their parents can disagree and then resolve and that's modeling something great for them you know that's what that's what you want to aim for in a way but you obviously can't get into the sort of passionate but I mean I would love to say that all my arguments have been resolved in a sort of grown up and um efficient way (laughs) but I think I (laughs) I just don't think anyone can hold their hand up and go that was that was me you say things that you regret and I think you know if god if if I had sort of every argument I'd had was sort of public I'd feel pretty embarrassed about some of the things I'd said because passionately we say things that yeah. we regret yeah. and and that's the thing things don't necessarily get resolved in the argument it's the sort of sitting down after deconstructing I, I think there's something at this phase of life which which can feel so tough about trying to be compassionate to yourselves trying to understand that you are under a huge amount of pressure and that actually okay yeah we really lost it there you know we've had a really difficult you know weekend sometimes the weekends are the hardest with children um can we just think about about what that was all about and you know and and sometimes I find that if you have an argument you sort of just need to go away from each other mm. uh and then maybe talk about it when you've all calmed down I definitely find that with my children actually that if if we have a sort of disagreement I can't reason with them in the heat of the moment we almost need to revisit that when everyone's yeah. a bit calmer and that's when we have a much more productive conversation about why yeah. we all got so het up about whatever yeah, it was that I we got het right. up about and 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 you know this goes back to to who we are and what we've grown up with that everyone has got their different has grown up in a different family context of how conflict gets dealt with um and that may be a shock to find out that your partner has a very different take on conflict resolution to you or you know finds it harder to speak about things or you know one and you know that's and that's some of the things that that we help with really is helping people think about 
where they're coming from, what's different, you know, everyone's got their different style and, and, and that's part of the work in progress is kind of understanding how how you operate, what works best. And I think that brings us on nicely in terms of what you can do because, yeah. I mean, what I, I don't want to sort of scare people who haven't yet had children and might be listening no, to this no, because, you know, it, it is a wonderful time. Yeah. But, you know, I think to be prepared that, you know, the, the marriage or the relationship that you've had might struggle. Mm. But I also think that, you know, we're lucky that we're living in a world in which, A, we're having this conversation because, mm. you know what, 100 years ago, people didn't have this mm, conversation. Mm, mm. Even 15 years ago, there wasn't as much conversation around this topic. Yeah. But also that there are now, you know, people like you who are there to help people navigate this you know these lumps and bumps and turbulence in in their relationship so what what in terms of suggestion I mean you're obviously a, a couple therapist yeah. um so couple therapy is obviously one thing that people can do yeah and that you know I think that can take different forms I think sometimes you know people imagine that that's just too impossible for them to work out but actually going and seeking help going and having a consultation just to think about where they're at you know can be really helpful it's also you know parents do a lot of looking after um it's hard for them to look after themselves at this time I think you know getting some help from a professional is a way of looking after them it's a way of giving them a safe space of maybe bringing up things that just feel too difficult to bring up at home or too tense or you know um but you know, it doesn't have to mean years and years of couple therapy. You know, I think it's it's a step at a time to see what's needed, to check in, see is this normal, you know, and actually they might find that this is very normal. And is couple therapy always done as a couple or do some people come no, individually? Some people come individually and we still focus on the couple and, you know, think about what what's going on for the couple, you know, whatever, whatever works really. Um, um, and, and, and I mean, I think the idea of seeking kind of emotional health therapy, mm. Mm. certainly, I mean, the British are probably a step behind the Americans who've kind yep. of embraced this as part yeah. of sort of daily life. Yeah. There is a bit of a stigma, I think, about kind of yeah. reaching out for help. But I think that's changing. You know, I think we've got much more of a language about that. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's becoming much more normal. And it is, you know, we've got we now know that treating a couple where one of them's got depression, if you treat them as a couple, um, that's got the leading recovery rate of all treatments in, in NHS, improving access to psychological therapy services. You know, that, you know, something, something is working here. You know, lots of people are coming, lots of people are more aware of how depressed they are or how difficult they're finding things. Um, you know, they shouldn't be afraid to, to come and get some help and I mean, it makes very, sense you it know. can be discreet and private you know if, if they don't need to tell everyone about it um you know it can be a nice thing for them it isn't it isn't painful well it can be painful but you know it can be their private private safe space because um, well, I think a lot of people if they're struggling in their relationship you know if you're struggling with something you kind of need to talk about it with someone yeah but I think a lot of people feel a bit um uncomfortable talking about their intimate relationship with friends of theirs they almost feel like you know they, they they're, they're letting their their husband or their partner down yeah. or their wife yeah so actually talking to someone who is discreet yeah impartial yeah you know and also 
essentially whose time is yours rather yeah. than thinking I'm so to your friend I've just been moaning and moaning and moaning about me all you know all the time we've been together and sort of slightly feeling guilty that you've you've been indulgent I think that in itself is is yeah. actually a really helpful and productive thing to experience absolutely and also you know that relationship is a very different one from a friend or family member you know you know couples can get into a situation where you know, they're really blaming the other person, that the other person is the cause of all their woes. And actually, you know, usually it, it's both people. But it's quite difficult for a friend to point out, unless it's a very good friend, to point out, you know, where that person is going wrong. And it's a much safer way of doing it. You know, I think people feel anxious about couple therapy, that the therapist is going to take sides. You know, absolutely not. Our focus is on the couple. We're trying to think about the dynamic between two people and to work out where they're both, you know, where they're both going wrong in a way or, what, you know, how they're both contributing to their difficulties um, and to reflect on that. And that can really take some of the heat out of it. Because it's, um, I mean... You know, I know that when when you're in a situation where you feel that you're in the right and your partner's in the wrong, your partner can tell you that they're in the right or you're in the wrong it's until they're blue in the face. But you yeah. sort of don't believe them because you're arguing. Whereas if an impartial person said, well, no, Marine, let's rethink this, you know, then you're much more likely to listen and take yeah. on board what, yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. And you can also, you know, in that space with a therapist you can also perhaps start to understand why your partner is doing that you know actually some of the annoying things about your partner well maybe you can start to understand it thinking about you know what they've grown up with or you know what their experience has been in relationships and start a little bit of understanding and compassion and you know the couple can that sort of takes the heat out of it in another way this sort of this understanding you know what what's going on rather than blindly having the same arguments again and yeah, again and, and also again presumably you know responding in a different way that might be more productive yeah. rather than it flaring up into a big yeah. sort of shouting yeah. match yeah. but actually approaching the response differently yeah well and once you become aware of what you're doing and more you know more self-aware about it then it's much easier to have a control about it and do you find that people that come to see you do you sort of send them away with, okay, next time this happens, I want you to think about it in this way? And do you then, do they then feed back how that worked for them? Or how, how does it work? Do you give them homework? How does, how does it work? We, you know, we can, we can take situations and look at them very closely and then, you know, maybe come back and think about it the next week or reflect on it or the next time it happens. I mean, there's no sort of standard way of doing it because every couple is different and actually we you know they come they arrive they bring what they bring that week and we all think about it together you know it's a very active thinking together trying to understand together trying to reflect on things and actually it's that I think that makes the real difference is the sort of bringing things into awareness um and and, and I think it's it's not about me imposing homework on them it's about the couple working together and do you find that sometimes one part of the couple is really keen to listen to you and take on board what you're saying and the mm. other one is maybe a bit yeah less into it yeah yeah and that you know that that can happen and 
or that you know that person may not want to come but you know often someone is skeptical at the beginning and then actually settles into it you know there are lots of sort of ideas there are lots of different portrayals of what happens in therapy on the tv or ever and actually you know settling into something helps to dispel some of that and people can start to feel more comfortable and you know and if it if it takes if you know if it's improving things at home and and kind of also just especially this phase of life we're talking to I think there's such a relief to know that they're not the only people dealing with this you know kind of the proof is in the pudding really mm. um, yeah absolutely do you ever see a couple and think I got no chance <laughs> And then is it more then about navigating what happens thereafter? I mean, do you ever say to people, actually, you know, I think you kind of need to stop stop living together? No, you know, I think that, you know, I think couples get to that point for themselves, you know, that the, the, the work we do kind of either brings them to that or not. And obviously I'm working with my divorcing clients who have made that decision um, and supporting them through that you know I think this is not that therapy is about empowering people to make their own decisions about the really important things in their life their family and their relationships um but yeah you know sometimes actually people do 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 go to therapy I mean sometimes people leave it very late to seek help what so that they're essentially their relationship has broken down to such an extent that it is really difficult to to bring it back you know that something has has shifted and actually often those people say you know we probably should have come a year ago yeah and, and which I think is a really interesting point yeah you know because I think a lot of people one of the first things they'll do if they're struggling in their marriage is to listen to something like a podcast where yeah it's discreet and it's private and yeah. no one's judging them and they're not paying lots of money yeah. and then deciding whether or not they ask, need to escalate their help to maybe going to see a, yeah. a couple counselor you know and I I think you know you know there's there's a reality to it and it's difficult and it's often you know when the kids have gone to school for the first time that finally there's a moment to sort of get your head above a parapet and think okay now we need to get some help but actually it may have been that if they'd come previously it wouldn't be at the point that it's got to you know and that's sad yeah and also um, you know fighting I find emotionally exhausting mm, and painful mm. and actually if you can avoid any unnecessary conflict by mm. I mean I suppose it's a bit like you know if you've got a sore knee you're probably going best to go and see a physio sooner rather than later before yeah. you're sort of continue running and 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 yeah. doing sort of more yeah. and more and more damage and and it, you know people you know when you have young children around you end up you know you get them you take them for to the doctor and you do all the things for them and you all the care goes into them you know including mental health things if you're worried about your yeah, child emotionally yeah. you'll be the first Fit, person to say fitting in all the things for yourself whether it's the dentist the doctor or the couple therapist is hard you know you've got to get food on the table deal with the kids you know these things kind of they fall down the list every every sort of new parents have got a list of things that they need to do that aren't being done um and and it can feel daunting, but you know I think it's a really good investment for them and for their children. And even yeah, if it, even if it's a one-off, you know, yeah. even if it's a one-off chat, 
Um, and it's not, you know, preemptively, we you know most of us go and see the dentist or the hygienist or, you know, we, we, we sort of think, OK, well, let's not wait till our health is broken before we fix it. It's it, it actually makes sense that we sort of apply the same thinking to our yeah. emotional state of mind. And, but that, you know, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to own up to the idea that your relationship is in trouble you don't want to be that person. You don't want to but be... But aren't we all that person? Yeah, I, I think, think every no, couple, think every relationship point, has you know, troubled times. You know, there's a hope. You know, there are lots of hopes that go along with having kids. And this is, the, you know, you want to either correct the things in your own past or, or repeat some of the lovely things that you... And, and you know, it, it it's pretty galling to have to kind of think, oh, God, this isn't working. Uh yeah. And it feels practically difficult, you know, with a little baby, you know, the, the baby can probably come along. Um, you know, that's not ideal in the long term because you actually want that space for yourselves. Um, but, you know, I think if there's any contemplation of it, you know, go for it. Um, have a go. Dip a toe in. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You also learn a lot about yourself as a person and, you yeah. know, the behavior as sort of humans. I think given that time for reflection, I mean, I had um, grief counseling after mm. my son was stillborn and I felt that that definitely opened the door to sort of understanding the wealth of human emotions and mm. by being open to the idea of having some kind of therapy you know I'd never had therapy before I thought you know, how, how much can this actually work mm. I do feel that I'm a more compassionate person I feel I'm a better mother I mm. feel I'm better equipped to support my children emotionally mm. and you know when they and, and this is just the beginning there were three and four when it happened but you know as they get older and they get more hormonal and life becomes more complicated their emotional issues that I hope to support them through are going to get more difficult to deal with and I feel that having sought professional help for me it's put me mm. in a stronger position to mm. to deal with them so you know it I struggle to kind of get any negative to having been mm. open to the idea of having having therapy yeah. well I, I just think you know I think it's great that you're that you're speaking in this way and that you're so open about it you know I'm so sorry about your losses and but I, I think that's right. And I think it's very brave to say it. And I think that, you know, as parents, actually, children amazingly and brilliantly know exactly which buttons to press in us. They they can just sort of sniff our weak points. And actually, if we can just be a little bit aware of them, a little bit ahead, we are better equipped 
to deal with parenting as you say you know you've said it I think that that uh you know and it's looking after yourself to be able to look after them yeah it's so interesting that idea that you know my children wind me up in the way no one else in the yeah, world absolutely. can absolutely that you know I, I don't know how they do it but they just know exactly where where to so you know being a centimeter ahead <laughs> I've spoken obviously to lots of people who are having kind of relationship problems mm. I think because I've been open and I wrote an article um three or four years ago now about the idea of having a sort of relationship MOT and how mm. Ben and I have have sought help in the past and actually doing something on a sort of regular basis isn't a bad thing and and interestingly it means that when people are struggling they'll come to me and yeah and it just shows me how many people are very often what they say is that it's the woman that comes to me and she says my husband's really resistant he doesn't want to go to therapy what is there anything you can do that they or that they can that might make that sort of change in practice a little bit easier because very often it is the the male partner that's a little bit less keen yeah I mean you know that 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 can be the case although I do you know I do think that it is getting easier now. I think there's more out there that's being spoken about more. You know, there's so much literature about it, you know, to read about, to to kind of try and normalise it. Um, I mean, maybe even the idea of, you know, if if he's, if one party's being resistant, maybe they find the counsellor so that they don't feel that it's someone who's against it. I mean, you've already said that a counsellor's always going to be impartial. They'll never take sides. Yeah, yeah. That they can have a look exactly that they could be the one to find it or you know they could just try it once or you know there's there's a bottom line isn't there there's like you know I'm really desperate here yeah I really you know this may not work but I really need to get some help and I'd really like you to be alongside me yeah there. you know yeah. really give it a try yeah and and there's some you know there's that you know what are people prepared to do for their relationship maybe they need to maybe they do need to give it a try yeah if they're feeling that stuck um, and you know is there anything worse than having the same row every day yeah about and you know if people say well what can therapy do i just don't see how it can help you know there are mm, statistics well, that actually yeah. couples that do seek help yeah i mean even though it's not sort of it's not like you know, uh, having your appendix out that will cure your appendicitis. It's not mm. as sort of straightforward as that. It definitely helps. And and even if it, even if you still end up splitting up, yeah. surely it means you've thought about that decision. Yeah. And, and that, you then, yeah, that you're, are, more, that you're in a better position to mourn the relationship and you'll be in a better position to go on as parents. That, that you know, that it will need to be processed. It's a life event. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, there's the other thing that, you know, I was listening to something on the radio recently and they were saying how in the, in the old days they used to, I say the old days, two generations ago, they used to think that without doubt the best place in which children to grow, you know, which children should grow up was a sort of nuclear family where mm. parents were married and the siblings were related to each other. And now obviously, you know, people do things in slightly different ways. And I think what the professionals have realized is that that's not the only right way to do things. Mm. There are loads of environments yeah. in which children thrive that don't necessarily have the same parameters. But what they realize is that the heart of it all is the quality of that relationship. So whether or not you are living together or not living together, married or divorced, same sex, different sex, you know, single parent there are all these different situations in which you know children really can thrive but it's about that relationship and so you know even if you end up going to therapy and you still get end up splitting up mm. as long as you can enrich the relationship that you do have yeah. you've kind of done it all 
absolutely and and then you you know and you think about what you're modeling to your children what you want for them is that quality of relationship is that you know good communication and you know absence of, co- of conflict all the time you know yeah. that, that that's an investment one of the things that uh, we were talking about earlier um that you know it comes up a lot is that when struggles happen in a relationship the intimacy goes the the sex there's less yep. sex I mean that always changes anyway when when you have children that is simply a fact of life and yeah a physiological thing as much as anyone anything else yeah um is that something that comes a lot up yeah that I think that that's part of it about? I mean people may find it harder to bring up or don't know if it's appropriate to bring up I mean, you know, it, it's definitely part of, of the mix of difficult things that life throws at you at this point. Um, and again, it, you know, it's part of, of this good communication is being able to find a way to acknowledge it and think about it. Um, you know, it's a big, it's an almost a topic for another podcast, but, you know, there, there are so many aspects. There's, you know, what was the, you know, giving birth what does that mean you know not having any time being really tired um you know that the care is all going into the into the child care that actually doesn't feel you know you don't feel very generous or loving to each other you know all of these things and and it does take time you know that again this is a sort of another work in progress you're not going to get your your sex life back just because the doctor's given you a thumbs up at the six week check you know it's going to be a while and it's going to be different and, and a, a different phase of, of your relationship in that way. And presumably it's all part of that, you know, understanding of different needs and, yeah. you know, I'm not saying, you know, be forced to have sex if you really don't want to have sex, but just that sort of, well, it's intimacy, isn't it? And and that communication, yeah. which often sort of is facilitated yeah. by sex. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and you may need specific help with that, but, you know, that, that that's up for for discussion really as well you know that's all part of it but if you know if you're angry with each other fundamentally that will have an impact yeah on your sex life yeah yeah um, um and uh, going back to the dishwasher point you know uh, more than once <laughs> the man loads a dishwasher and they end up having sex <laughs> just a hint or <laughs> the man mends the dishwasher and <laughs> um I think before we go, really good just to maybe talk about tips for a healthy marriage. I yeah. want to say marriage, actually relationship. I think it should be much broader than that. Yeah. Um, uh, what What would you say is is uh, if you were sort of giving people tips, what they could do sort of? Early I mean, on? I think we're talking about this particular phase of life, and I've obviously, yeah. you know, been talking about, you know, don't be afraid to seek help when you need it. I think that's a key tip. I think how can you look after it? at this time of life I think firstly you know acknowledge this is a work in progress acknowledge this is the time you're going to have to survive it things are going to adjust over time it's not things aren't going to feel great or perfect immediately you've got to sort of hang on in there I think that you know thinking about yourself as a couple is key not just thinking about yourself as a family and obviously it's wonderful to become a family and it's so you know we're talking about all the difficult aspects of parenting there's a wonderful side of parenting of of family life but it's how do you how do you kind of preserve that that couple space space that sort of couple state of mind or that time you know and and that's what 
going out together is about it's about representing yourself as a couple only and remembering who you are and how you got together um you know this doesn't need to mean sort of leaving your one week old baby uh alone you know finding a way to go away for the night or whatever you know that may not be appropriate well that isn't appropriate you know you've got to bond with your baby as well you've got to balance that but actually you know in time going to get a coffee together while the baby naps and granny looks after it is a start actually Mm. you know and and it's baby steps it's you know or you know or have or making sure that you put the baby to bed and you you just have a meal together yeah or that you even easy that you find a really nourishing box set that you both love that you can you know talk to each other about for five minutes after so you've actually shared an experience you know I think there's something about being nourished from the outside as parents you do so much nourishing emotionally physically actually you know if if you could you know it's difficult actually to get to the cinema with little kids but something that comes from the outside into you and gives you a bit of a feed is no bad thing at this time um I think another thing that is good for mental health at this time is is hanging out with other people in in pretty much the same stage as you whether that's you know as a family um with you know other couples and their children hearing how they're going through the same stuff as you or you know mums or dads you know hanging out with other people in the same situation they're gonna have their different ways of talking about it but there's something helpful you know it's sort of you can also have a laugh you can have a laugh you're in the trenches together you can just think oh my god we're all so tired you know what a nightmare this is but thank god that we're all doing it together and we're all grappling with the same things and everyone's you know there are challenges also to being alongside people because you start realizing people do things different ways and then you you know that but but equally i think you know that's very healthy not to isolate yourself um you know having your support network around i mean you know having family around is a great thing it can also stir up some difficult things and you know that that's to be something to be aware of and that's again something that you know maybe needs a bit of processing and you you know that might surprise you that that challenges come and challenges come from from you know grandparents and having to manage those relationships how you know whether your own parents or your partner's parents and often critiquing on your style of parenting yeah exactly at a very difficult time so you know it's sort of figuring out those boundaries within your own families and within your own extended family but also asking them for help you know very I found like with the first baby everyone was very keen to look after the baby for a couple of hours by the time you've got two those those offers don't come that uh, readily no but taking that time I mean I think you're right that sort of sitting down and having dinner together and having a conversation if that can be sort of factored in that like once a week you just sit down and you cook a meal and before you sit and watch tv you just even if it's just half an hour but you actually find out about what's been going on and being kind you know um there's a study that's come out recently about what makes relationships work and uh, I kept the Shackleton project and I kept um you know, he keeps mentioning cups of tea. <laughs> That's what people really like. And I thought, you know, it's not such a bad thing making someone a cup of tea, saying thank you for it. You know, that yeah. that can really change the tone of yeah, things. Yeah, I've got to actually say my husband, when he's around, he always makes me a cup of tea in the morning. Yeah. And I love it. And you know, it starts that day with yeah. something that's really positive. And if you can start that day with gratefulness yeah um that that is going to slightly yeah. define your relationship for that day I, yeah, I do think exactly it's a little bit in vain. and I think you know part of this I think couples try and and help each other out they try and say okay you know I'll give you a lion or you know uh 
you go out with your friends and I'll stay with the babies. And I think that that's great. And that, that can sometimes really work. But it can often, I quite often see that, that it gets into this thing of, you know, who who's had more. Yeah. And, and actually and... That, that it may be a bit of a step to have to find someone who can babysit. It may be an emotional step and a practical step. You know, it's it's hard that. And I, I'm not advocating doing it before you feel ready to do it. But equally it's a very different kind of time off when you're both having time off. Yeah, 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 um, you're right. Um, I was asking around for sort of tips on sort of marriage, what people thought was sort of really useful. Um, one one person said, let your lover and your children know that the two of you come first, which is really interesting because a lot of people feel that their children should come first. I, I've got to say I slightly disagree with that. I think that they rely so much on you as a couple. But there's also going to be a stage where you kiss your children goodbye and they leave you and, and they go out and find their own lovers and their own lives mm. and their own mm. children. And and I think it's really important to let go. And that's much harder if you don't have an enriching relationship with your partner. Yeah, and, and what kind of relationship do you want your children to grow up believing in because they model their relationships on what they've seen by you yeah well and you know yes absolutely you know the couples that I see you know one of the key things that we're looking to understand is what their blueprint for a relationship is what they saw their parents doing how they've learned what they you know that's kind of inside them Mm. you know whether they like it or not um and I think you know that's what you've got to think about for your own children yeah um, and, and someone else was saying that you, you rather than despair at each other's differences, sort of embracing them, because I think it does, as you mentioned earlier, it becomes really evident that you're very different people. Mm. And that can seem like a really difficult challenge. You know, he doesn't mm. like to do things the way that I do. She doesn't mm. want to do this. But actually, life would be really boring if you were the same people mm. and you thought the same thing and you had the same opinions. You know, I think it's much, much more interesting that you are different people. And so rather than thinking, oh, God, yet another thing that we disagree on. So thinking, well, actually... This makes life a bit more interesting and in trying to sort of turn it so that it become a posit- becomes yeah. a positive rather than... You know, I, I think that's right. I think that that can be difficult to do. And, you know, it, it's not just a kind of decision um, that, that, you know, sometimes that's going to take time to work out and you're going to, you know, I think some of these years are about sort of working out, negotiating what are the differences you can tolerate and what are the ones that you're going to have to sort of work together yeah exactly you know uh, and that can that can be that can take some time and that may need some help yeah that feels very but you know as you say obviously that's the ideal is that you can embrace the differences and you know and that's something for children I think you know one of the key differences that comes up is different ideas about parenting you know what to do and again that's one of those decisions that maybe has to be made in a split second mm. what, what are we going to do about this I think that you know that might that that can emerge in the baby stage that can emerge at different phases of you know how are we going to how do we deal with discipline or things like that and you know again those things have got to be negotiated and worked out and you know there's something to be said for children seeing different having different experiences that mm-hmm. gives them a different you know they can experience different things at home they're going to have better capacities to deal with things outside on the other hand you know you you want a sort of united front but you know these are things these are things that parents need to communicate about mm. not easy things no uh, but no. you need to have a language for that yeah 
Um, yeah, well, my 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 favorite tip actually, which actually came from a friend who's got four children, um, said, "Understand that anything said over a screaming baby doesn't count," <laughs> which I think <laughs> is very very true and very wise yeah. words. Sometimes you do need to forget things. Sometimes you need to forgive people and say, yeah. "You said the wrong thing, but I will forgive you for it." Yeah. Because we all screw up sometimes. Yes, yeah. and and particularly at this point in life when we're exhausted, um, you know things do get said and that's part of the compassion to yourself and to the other person yeah I have a friend who um she had one of those uh, baby monitors that recorded what was going on in the room and she had a big fight with her husband that was all recorded she said the biggest mistake was that we listened to it back and we could we just heard how kind of you know reiterated that we'd said sort of the wrong things yeah. and she was like you see how could you <laughs> she said it was just the worst thing it was like reliving the argument over yeah. and over again yeah. but I think everyone's had that yeah everyone's got and actually they were laughing about it which is probably a really good thing yeah absolutely you've got you know if you can find a sense of humor about this time of life then yeah you know that that, that's going to help and you will you know there are times that you just laugh and laugh because your children just make you make you laugh but um it is a phase and I think that's really worth holding on to everything in, in parenting is a phase yeah yeah and just when you get to grips with it then you're into the new one but you know I think that's what I'm saying is that you've got you've got to have a way of 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 dealing with it with each other you've Mm. got to have a language Mm. um and that's one of the things you know going back to this question of what if someone feels skeptical about therapy you know it's helping you to have a language with each other it's helping you to have a richer way of dealing with things it's helping you to be able to contemplate things and ponder things with different nuances and with different sort of you know with more empathy Mm. you know why not enrich your your experience of family life in that way yeah yeah why not indeed well uh, joe thank you so much for coming along thank to talk you for to having me today me. it's been really really interesting uh, if people want to get in touch joe where where do you work where you're at so yes so they can look on the website tavis.relationships.org or yeah. And that's quite a good resource if you are sort of struggling and want to maybe seek a bit of, of extra support, the Tavistock relationships. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of information um, on the website there all about different services. Um, there's some online services or, you know, come in services. Um, and yeah, and I'm also at Family Law in Partnership. Perfect. Well, um, thank you, Joe, And thank you, listeners, for, for downloading this episode of The Parenthood. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. And if you're enjoying the podcast, do tell your friends about us. But in the meantime from us, goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.